Welcome, Voltron fans. This is Mark Morell, your host for Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast. We're here for another exciting podcast where we do a review, a preview, all those types of things. And I have a special guest here with me right now. I have Shannon Weir. Welcome back, Shannon. Glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit of a strange podcast because Shannon's going to be on for the first half and my co-host Greg is going to be on for the second half. And we're going to try to bring it all together about the same subjects. <laughs> so thank you for joining me in this experiment. No problem. So as most of you know, Shannon is a, a guest at VoltCon this year. That's correct. <laughs> so we are excited that uh, everybody who's attending VoltCon is going to get to see Shannon and Greg this year. And you won't get to see me. <laughs> which we are not excited not excited about right but uh shannon and greg are gonna you know handle a lot of panels while while they're at uh, volcon and everything and we're going to do a little bit of the preview of those said panels because we've already talked about those panels when we did our volcon 2022 preview with the organizers kevin clark and patrick and savannah o'connor so we've already talked about this just a little bit, but we're, we're going to go with a little, little bit more of a deep dive, but we're going to keep it, you know, as, as a, like a preview so that you won't, you, we won't get too far into it. And those people at Volcon are going to be the ones that are going to enjoy it the most. Okay. Yep. Basically tease it out. And so those of you who are coming, and I know several people have already written me, like, want to know more about what's going on? Well, this this is going to be that tease, folks. Yes. So uh, I also have a special thing that I shared with Shannon over the summer, and that was San Diego Comic-Con. So we, do, we were both there. Yeah. So we got to see each other at San Diego Comic-Con, and we're going to talk a little bit about what were the Voltron aspects of San Diego Comic-Con. Not much this year, but still a little bit there to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, you were there the whole weekend and I, I mean, you were there the whole time, I should say, and I was there for just the weekend because of logistics that were going on. So maybe you should go first and I'll, and I'll join in with you when we get closer to when we actually met up. Okay. All right. So the, the thing I want to talk about San Diego Comic-Con is this is the first San Diego Comic-Con that they've had in three years because they had two years where they didn't do it at all because of the pandemic. And then so, that was, yeah, the, the, the logistics that went into that were something else. But surprisingly, at least for those of us, like my husband and I, who got there by Saturday, it seemed pretty seamless. I can't speak for day one. And that's where I, I kind of like Mark to come in. Right. So we were there from Wednesday preview night on. So we got to see every single day. We got to see how the crowds were and everything. And I got to say, it, it felt like San Diego Comic-Con was back. But you, you did notice some things, okay? There were some canceled uh, panels and things like that. Um, it's, it seemed like it was either COVID-related or it was either uh, related to the fact that they, they didn't want to bring the full cast in for some of these shows and some of these panels and things like that. So we did see more canceled panels as a result of that. But it wasn't that bad. Um, we had uh, a number of good things that happened, uh, big ones, I mean, like uh, Marvel 
and DC. So DC had the Black Adam and the Shazam all in Hall H. And then Marvel had their, you know, basically they went over phase four, phase five, and phase six of all their movies. So you're going to get to see, and, and their TV shows. So you're going to get to, you know, see uh, all that kind of stuff coming up in the next several years. So those are pretty big ones. And then, of course, there's a bunch of other TV shows that had panels associated with Comic-Con and then some animated stuff as well. Uh, there was a new Green Lantern movie and a couple of other things mm -hmm. that were shown at, at Comic-Con. So it was it was good to see that. Of course, Voltron wasn't really, you know, doing much at Comic-Con. Um, there were a few things on the vendor floor. So we can definitely talk about that together because we were both on the vendor floor and we both saw what they had. So mm -hmm. when I did meet Shannon, that was on Sunday. Actually, you, yeah, that's true. We, we had come in, my husband and I, on Saturday and then you met up with us on Sunday. And on Saturday, we had, my husband and I had missed everything we're seeing and the way that it worked out because we had a few times to go in and out from the exhibit floor for the, the end of the afternoon. And so we meet Mark and Kim for lunch and they're like, did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, no. <laughs> so when we went back, we split up again for a little bit so we could go fi find all the things and then meet up with them again. Glad we did. One of them yeah. was definitely, definitely worth seeing in person. So the cool thing is, is we, we reconnected again with our friends at Han Cholo. So I got to talk to Brandon Schoolhouse, who's the CEO of Han Cholo, and they are still doing great. Uh, they, um, they had as a special uh, SDCC exclusive for Voltron, they had the Blazing Sword Pendant. But they had all of the other stuff as well, you know, the rings and the pendants and everything, and the patches too. Yeah, by the time we had swung by Sunday afternoon, they had sold out of most everything. I think there were only, I remember the the giant ring, the necklace I have of Green Lion, mm -hmm. and I think about only three other things that were left. Right. So it was it was great to get back in touch with them after three years, you know, and then uh, we we moved to the back corner of the room where the Bondi Namco booth had a bunch of things going on there, including one of them, the Blitzway Voltron. And, and for those of us like me who not have neither the storage room nor the income to actually see that in person. That those those folks that are getting it, I think you're in for a treat. Some of you already have, it, but now I know what everybody is talking about, including what Mark has. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Blitzway Voltron. Comes with the 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 shield uh, and the the blazing sword, and um, you can see it, it's it's pretty hefty, okay, because it's mostly diecast and partly plastic okay and i'm not going to do it right now because the batteries are are a little bit uh cumbersome to try to to use 
Okay. Uh, but uh, the eyes light up in all of the lions, which includes lion, uh, Voltron's head. Wow. So that happens. And then at the same time, it comes with this really big base. So can you see that base? Okay. Yeah, okay. So that so you actually do get that. It wasn't just something that we saw for the for the display in right. the case. That's the, cool. The cool thing about this base is it puts all of the weapons inside. Good storage. Yeah. And it also includes an extra Voltron face. And then of course you get all the pilots too. And the, the nice thing about this is I don't know if you can see it or not but there's little magnets in each corner. See, there's ah. a little magnet in each corner so that when I put this thing back on, it, it easily goes back on because it's magnetized. Good See? morning. Yep. So um, I'm gonna talk uh, at a little bit more length about the Blitzway Voltron with Greg when we have Greg on later in this episode. It was interesting to talk to the people at the Blitzway booth uh, because we talked directly to the guy who put together the display and about how much fun he had doing that and how much he enjoys it because one part of the display has Voltron fully together and then the other part of the display had it in lion's form and I love the lion's form because it goes each each lion goes on its own um pedestal basically right that is attached to the base so it's like a very hard plastic almost acrylic and it, and it holds on to each of the lions in the back of the lion and so the whole thing has them spread out like they're flying up to to form voltron and each of the the uh, acrylic pieces has the color of that lion and it's it's like it's stream you know so the green lion has the green stream the yellow lion has the yellow stream and the black lion has a white stream so just to clarify that was also in the package you have yep wow that because that that was one of the things that was the big attention getter for me and again just like when you hold the base i thought maybe that's something they just did for comic-con yeah, everybody's getting that. And nice. and the cool the cool part also was that they had not only the lion pilots inside each of the lions, but you got another version of them standing where you could put them standing on top of the lion, just like at the end of the show. So so that was the Blitzway booth. So we we saw Hanchola, we saw Blitzway, and then we saw a bunch of other places where there was uh, Voltron art. Uh, that was done by either artists that had a booth there or the artists in an artist alley. So we, we saw all that. Oh, did you see did you see anything different Voltron wise? No. Okay. No, I think I think you hit all the high points. Okay. So it was it was good to see that Voltron was even represented at San Diego Comic Con this year because there's really nothing Voltron going on right now. We do know that in maybe a year or two, you know, depending on how script writing goes and how, you know, productions, you know, getting set up and timed and all that kind of stuff. 
we may be seeing Voltron at San Diego Comic-Con again as a panel. Yeah, usually it seems to be to get those slots anymore that you pretty much, you have to have something to show. Right. When it comes to, when it comes to a movie or a TV show, like all the examples that you named earlier yeah. from Marvel and DC. Yeah, they usually won't bring a panel together unless they have at least a teaser, um, you know, and and they they wouldn't just normally bring it to get together to show uh, like concept art or something like that. That just wouldn't be enough. Because there's so much competition for so little slots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's basically san diego comic-con uh it was great to get back there again uh it looks like it's going to go back to full swing every year again and of course you'll have to deal with hotel apocalypse and getting badges and all the fun things that people love about it <laughs> for us it was a little different in that for years we had been going to the same hotel we were not we didn't go through the hotel lottery or any of that there was we would regularly go to Old Town and Trolley Inn, but you you had to basically reserve your space 365 days in advance. Like you, when you were there, you reserved next year. Mm -hmm. And with that chain broken, it was like, uh, ouch. So we were actually, at the end of the day, what we wound up doing was we were able to be in one of the Comic-Con hotels where I happened to be a member of their frequent reward program. And mm -hmm. so I was able to get in that way. They, they fortunately still had a few rooms that way, which surprised me because usually anybody who signs on as a con hotel has nothing. So right. I considered myself very fortunate that we worked it out to, to see you at all. Yeah, and it was, it was nice because the shuttle was right there at your hotel and you could take the shuttle in and then get dropped right back off at your hotel. So that was nice. And, and, we it, was, and it was very good to see both of you because since it's it worked out the way it did that you're not going to be at VoltCon in October. It was like, right. right. That was how Kevin and I felt, even with all the other stuff going on. We have to see Mark and Kim. That was, I mean, it was nice to see the other stuff, but it was like you and Kim were the real reason that we wanted to go. And if for some reason you hadn't have gone, yeah, we probably seriously would have canceled ourselves and not. Wow. So that, that was how it was being discussed. I, I think I highly. Thank you. <laughs> so it was great to see you. And uh, of course, we'll have many other opportunities in the next few years. So I'm confident. we're looking forward to that. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about Volcon now? Because uh, that's coming up October 8th and 9th. And uh, you have a panel that you've been putting together specifically for Volcon. So why don't we talk about that one? What's it called? Sure. It's called From Days of Long Ago or Not. That is the question. <laughs> and basically, there have been in varying versions of the Voltron storyline different explanations for Voltron's origin, whether it's the 80 series, the comic books, all the, obviously all the way down to Legendary Defender and some, some like Voltron Force add to the legend, but yet 
don't deal with anything prior to the start of the series, which is interesting in and of itself. I mean, they, Voltron Force is kind of an interesting one because in that case, they kind of add around it. They, they, go, they go back, but it doesn't entirely, you can't sit there and go, oh, this goes with this and this goes with this. And one of the things that inspired me to want to do this panel at all is I remember watching the original show and it's, it goes back to the same root concepts of why I ended up doing the star map in the first place mm-hmm. because my household, my dad was nice in this way, was one of the early adopters of the VCRs. And so we, and because we couldn't always get home from school on time, we taped all the episodes and we kept them and wow. watched them and rewatched them. And wow. I, I'm saying it that way because I know, I know, you know, it's kind of not really what you ought to do, but that's, that is a lot where that came from. And so along the way of being able to watch them that many times, not only was I trying to figure out where all the planets went, there became, as as writer in me, I, I knew as young as about 10, 11 years old that I wanted to write. I didn't know what yet. So as the writer side of me was looking for all the questions, why is this here? Why is this? And of course, I wasn't completely, I think I probably knew in the back of my head, having grown up in Japan, that it was a, a dub show. Or maybe it's the fact that I did grow up in Japan it didn't connect as obviously to me as it did to a lot of people. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out, well, where's this? Why is this? Why didn't you explain this? And we know now that they were, that they were having to rush through a very tight timeline to explain things, put words in mouths, all this other stuff. Right. But now that you step back and you look at it as a whole, it's like, oh, oh, oh. That would have been nice to know. What usually, especially once the the uh, original episodes were made for for Lion Voltron, mm-hmm. they actually wound up raising more questions than answering things. And in some cases, it felt like they were trying to answer answer things, such as the one episode that alludes to Alphor and Zarkon's final battle in the Valley of Zohar. But it, le- it does answer stuff there, but it leaves another question at the same time. And so the, the way that the panel is going to be structured is walking through the various origins with more emphasis on the television side, because I, I have more knowledge of that. Mm-hmm. And looking at what, what is there and every now and then, raising tidbits of question, why is this? Either why was this left unanswered or why does this seem to contradict this? Or, and the key thing in doing, in doing this is it's, it's, it's all out of respect. It's not that I'm wanting to nitpick and say, well, you know, this is bad or they should have done this better. It's just kind of, here's the reality of what we have. And I think it's important because I know I know that fan fiction is even more a thing among the 
different community than probably it's it ever was. Mm -hmm. But even from early on, when we all first came on the internet in the 90s, there was a certain amount of that going on in very in various ways. Whether it was there was there was a group of folks that were kind of creating a role playing scenario for the next generation who I interacted with for a while till I just didn't have the time professionally to do that and there was always that drive to to want to have to want to tell more stories and I think part of that was motivated by the fact that the original series left questions unanswered it's going to be one of those tricks with this panel I'm not giving I'm believe it or not in everything I'm saying I'm actually speaking vague enough or I don't think I'm I'm giving too much away. Well, that's good. <laughs> but no, I you think she's running on and on. There's a there's a lot I am not telling you. Well, that's um, great. for sure. The one thing I will say up front is it's tough to put VLD Legendary Defender in this panel because their whole their whole way of the way they wrote their their mega arc was all about answering these questions. So mm-hmm. it will naturally get the least coverage in the panel. And I just, I want to have that out there just for anybody who goes or doesn't go. It's not, it's not loving, it's not loving Legendary Defender any less. It's just the reality is that was the mission they set out to do. Right. So most of this will be, will be on, on the, uh, the older series from the 80s by the the nature of how it's structured. Right. Actually, it makes me think of a meme that I saw, I don't know if it was today or last week, but it was a pie chart that said transformation sequence, there was a large amount of it. Then fighting, I think is the other one, large amounts of it. Then plot development. Character development has these two little bitty slivers in them, and I'm like, well, yeah, there's there's a certain amount of truth to that, and so I, because of that, I think a lot of the panels that have have been at Vulcan or even similar conventions mm-hmm. tend to talk about the technical and those kind of aspects of it because that's the majority of what it is. Now, if you're dealing, the thing is, if you come in with me, because my nature is storyteller, you're going to be getting the sliver, the little sliver, yeah. the, the plot and the character. Expect that, expect that for your hour. I will, I will say that up front. That's great. So I, I know uh, Greg comes from a slightly different, you know, angle, usually oh, when yeah. he does his stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how both of you interact on that at the same time. Exactly. The thing that that he brings to it is the analytical ability to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things I think where instead of just always stating where we're also wanting to encourage a little bit of probing and thought around these mysteries or missing pieces, I think will lend itself very well. I really yeah, do. he's got a certain curiosity that wants to know as much as possible about something, you know, with all the things that you have given to you. 
what do we know about this? So that'll be good to, to find that out. So I, I actually look forward to seeing, hopefully somebody will be able to tape these. <laughs> that's, what I'm that's what I'm hoping too, since we don't have Kim. We'll you have don't have, have Kim, right? <laughs> so I'm hoping somebody will be able to tape these and we'll be able to, to see it all ourselves. So I'm that's so good. Too. Okay, so uh, we're looking forward to that panel. I also wanted to let people know that I'm working on a panel as well, even though I won't be there. Um, we're, we're talking all about the Castle of Lions and all aspects of the Castle of Lions. So you'll, you'll get a little taste of the Castle of Lions from all the shows. You might even get a little bit from the comics. You'll definitely get a little bit from you know, merchandise and things like that that have come out with the Castle of Lions because there's a bunch. And you'll also get ideas about what makes it the central command center for the Voltron Force and how it adapts with the Voltron Force. <laughs> so there, there I, I know everybody's seen it. So there's, there's, you know, the castle when it's just sitting there <laughs> and then it's the castle as a ship. So you're going to get to see both aspects of that. So across all the shows. So we'll be filling up a whole hour just based on the castle of lines. So I look forward to, to going over that and we'll show a few picture teasers of both Shannon and my panel so you'll, you'll get to see a, a couple of pictures based on the origins of Ultron, and you'll get to see a couple of pictures based on the Castle of Lions as a preview in this episode. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So anything else you want to talk about? Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to sitting back and this particular panel when we were brainstorming, I was like, yeah. I mean, the Castle of Lions, we tend to talk about the lions themselves. We tend to talk about the giant robot. But when it comes to Lion Voltron, the castle is just, is key to everything. I mean, obviously Voltron's number one, but the castle is so much a part of, again, the story. That it's, uh, it's, it, makes, it makes perfect sense to give it center stage like this. I mean, it was one of those things like, uh, no brainer, can we do that one? Yeah, I, I think it's a almost like a character all by itself because what would Voltron be without the Castle of Lions? Would it be as interesting? Would it be as fun? Would it be as exciting, action filled? You know, Would it have as much about the lore of Voltron? Would it have as much about Voltron's origins, you know, how does the, the Castle of Lions tie into all of that? So, yeah, I, I think it would be a completely different show without the Castle of Lions. And I'm, I'm speaking vaguely because I have not seen any slides of, of yours at the time of this taping, but because we were just talking about, um, I don't touch it anywhere in Origins, because you mentioned this, but because we're talking about character and we're talking about all this, how the castle is portrayed in each show and how it is used 
influences the tone and feel of each show. It really does. Oh, yeah. And so, again, without getting too spoilery there, for you telling even me anything, I look forward to finding out those answers. I told you, I like questions. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, believe it or not, the Castle of Lions can bring out a lot of emotion in a viewer. So, there's there's different things that happen with the Castle of Lions over the, the different shows that really affect you and in one way or another. I think, wow. I'm just trying to get my head around it because last year when I came for the first time after not being able to come in 2020 and all the stuff that had emotionally led up to that, even though I'm on the VIP list for this one, my hope personally is that I will be able to take in all aspects and completely enjoy it, better interact with people. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it last year, but mm -hmm. when there's a certain amount of emotional baggage that's coming with you, walking into all that, I mean, it was, it was just amazingly emotionally overwhelming. And I don't know if some of you may have even picked that up. If you, if those that saw the special that we did after VoltCon, where I'm generally in a room full of a lot of people, I'm few words anyway, but and when I did talk on that one, it was just sort of uh, still deer in headlights fit. Mm -hmm. um, if you had told 13-year-old me that this is where everything would have ended up, I no, wouldn't, wouldn't have believed you for a minute. And what matters to me is how welcoming and how helpful everybody was to me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to much the same this year. And again, Mark, uh, sorry that everybody else won't get to see you in person. Glad I got to at least once this year. And <laughs> like you said, you know, hopefully there will be many, many more chances for us and others to, to get to see you. But the reason that you're not going to be there, family is, is important. And, and whether sure. it's, and whether it's, family like this where you're you're growing up together or you're in this case you know raise kids have bonds or a family like the convention family of voltcon yeah you know yeah going to voltcon is yeah. like going home because that's your other family so it's 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 always nice i've always enjoyed it so that's going to do it for this half of the podcast. And I want to thank Shannon for joining me for this half. And we look forward to the second half with Greg Tyler. So thank you, Shannon. Thank you again. Hope to see you soon. All right. Take it easy. You too. And now I'd like to welcome my co-host, Greg Tyler. Welcome back, Greg. Hey, I'm a little late to the party. How's it going? <laughs> So this is a little bit of a different style to our, our normal podcast, because in a normal podcast, we all be together at once. 
Right. Uh, for the purposes of this one, we started off with the first half with Shannon, and now we get the second half with Greg Tyler. Whoa, that's weird. Well, I'm sorry to let everyone down for the second half. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> great to be back with you, Mark, as always, and uh, love being on the podcast. We just had a bit of a schedule uh, scheduling uh, issue, so uh, glad uh, glad we could both make it on for this uh, for this podcast with Shannon and me. So uh, I, I sounds like you had a good conversation with her. Oh yes, we did a little bit of a review of San Diego Comic Con. And then we did a little bit of a preview of VoltCon with the two panels that we were both working on. And then okay. we're gonna we're gonna also talk with both of you about this uh this Blitzway Voltron. Oh, so you've already had a chat with her about it then? Yeah, just a okay. little one. Um okay. I, I this figured, is Blitzway part two. Okay. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the the meat and potatoes of the Blitzway because we'll get we'll get into a lot more details with okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a plan, man. Yep. So we are going to get a little bit of a preview of the panel you've been working on for, for Volcon as well, because you and Shannon are going to be presenting which panels together. Can you tell us which panels um, Shannon are doing? Well, together? how much we're going to overlap is a little bit to be determined. I, I, I expect that we'll probably both be on stage for, or at least participating in each of the four panels to some extent or another. Uh, how how much each of us will be involved in each presentation is a bit up in the air, except that Shannon is certainly taking point on the uh, the origins panel that I'm sure she mentioned, right. um, and I'll, and I'll be taking the lead on the on this panel that I'm that I'm about to give a a, a bit of a, a teaser for, um, and then of course we have the Castle of Lions presentation that you are preparing, and we're yeah. very, very grateful that you're doing that. <laughs> uh, how how we're going to divide and conquer that's uh, up in the air. And then uh, we have a, a fourth uh, feature with, uh, was that mentioned? Was that called yeah, out when you chatted? Steve with Sterling. You? Okay. So yeah, the Steve Sterling interview. And so yes. how much, how we conduct that is a little bit up in the air as well. At least according to my understanding, Shannon may have a different opinion and I'm sure we'll, we'll hash it out between now and then. Um, yeah. So uh, very much looking forward to it as with last year and, and we will definitely be missing you, Mark uh but you'll be there in spirit and hopefully on uh sunday if we can figure out a way to work something out virtually yes uh, so yeah working on that all right well good deal so did you want to see a preview of the panel dan is that the is that what yeah let's okay. let's talk about die rugger yes yes so let me <laughs> um share my screen um it's going to look a little similar to the vehicle team voltron panel that i uh ran last year but the subject matter is is uh, a little broader can you see it now yes that okay awesome well thank you it's called does to those who are listening and can't see this uh the cover slide uh has a picture of die rugger with the blade with the die rugger sword i've got to remember the die rugger lingo uh, the title is Die Rugger Fighting Formation On, an introduction to Armored Fleet Die Rugger 15 and Vehicle Team Voltron. Um, last year, 
at uh, Volcon 2021, we covered Vehicle Team Voltron exclusively with very little said about Die Rugger. And I have to say that when uh, I began drafting this presentation, I was planning to do just the opposite and focus almost exclusively on Die Rugger to avoid any repetition. Um, but when we had our conversation with uh, Kevin and Patrick and Savannah, and he introduced the Die Rugger panel as comparing and contrasting with Voltron, I thought, well, maybe I should make sure that that's covered. So um, with thanks to that recording and that amazing uh, uh, description, <laughs> I thought I'd make the presentation actually match the description. So, <laughs> so that's go. what's going on. Yeah. So there we are with the cover slide. And basically the focus is going to be more on Die Rugger than on Voltron. However, uh, I decided to take a sort of split screen view. You know how in Voltron, when you see multiple pilots talking with each other, they often right. cut to a sort of a split screen. Well, there's going to be an approach kind of like that in this presentation. I don't want to. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I don't want to go too much into it here, but this is a, an example of that. So here's the premise slide. So the left is the die rugger side of the house, and on the right is the Voltron's side of the house so we'll be able to compare and, and contrast each characteristic of, of the shows simultaneously yep. yeah so uh, this is just one example and yeah. uh, we go into I'm we sorry, don't want to give away too much on this right that that's right so this is the premise <laughs> slide for our listeners and i apologize if if i neglect to speak to these things directly uh because we're we're able to see this stuff on video i'm trying to be cognizant of the audio only nature of uh of uh, the, the the podcast right uh, as it goes out so basically on the left there's an image in the center of the slide and off to the left with a die rugger logo in the upper left corner is the die rugger uh, content relevant to the slide and on the right hand side with the voltron logo is the voltron content so most of the presentation will follow that basic format and then uh then the things that are uh particular to one show or another that that are you know just not relevant to the other show they'll they'll get their own dedicated slides so right. that's basically it all right so yeah so that's what the dialogue panel will be about in a nutshell um and then of course i will be interviewing steve sterling who was one of the two producers on voltron defender of the universe back in the 80s uh the other being franklin kofod who uh uh, who has been on the podcast multiple times and who appeared as a guest at the very first Voltcon in 2019. So that's okay. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be very interesting to, to get uh, Steve's perspective on his involvement with the show relative to Franklin's. Uh, you know, we've, we've heard his, Franklin's side of the story um, on the podcast and of course yeah. at Voltcon's. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. They have very different backgrounds professionally, and uh, I look forward to learning how he got on the show, uh, given his uh, very different career path. It's going to be very interesting to see um, what he brought that was unique to Voltron versus uh, what Franklin brought. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Uh, one of the things that we did hear is, is that he's still working and that they were last heard to be working on the hologram for Whitney Houston. That is really interesting. And and hologram, holographic recreations of uh, performers, the very concept uh, is uh, very interesting to discuss. And of course, many people have uh, strong opinions about those uh, kinds of things sure. as well. So 
uh, that'll be uh, that's that's a very interesting uh, project to be working on. I remember when the Michael Jackson hologram was introduced some time back. Um, uh, the the uh, did you see any of the video of of that at all? I I didn't around? see that one. I saw Prince. Okay, I didn't know they had done Prince. Okay, yeah, they had done Prince, and I think they had also done Tupac at, at one point. Wow, huh? It's it's uncanny uh, how realistic and yet slightly off they seem but uh, right uh, for obvious reasons <laughs> but yeah so so steve has a very interesting career and it will be very uh very fascinating to uh to hear his uh, recollections of uh what he uh, did on voltron so right yeah so uh in addition to our little uh voltcon 2022 preview uh mm -hmm. we also in this episode wanted to talk about a very important release of a Voltron piece of merchandise. Yes, I have yeah. seen much in social social media about this. So I haven't seen one in my house because I don't own one myself, but I understand that someone on this podcast does. Yes. Oh wow. So we are talking we're about worthy. we're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the Blitzway 5 Pro. Carbotics Voltron. My goodness. Okay. That's one heck of a little booklet. So so Mark just held up the uh, instructions and a little uh, booklet that was uh, bundled with the uh, the item. So right. pretty nice. So what do you think? What do you think of this thing? So here's here's the just the first page of the manual, which shows you all the parts that you're getting. That's so, a lot of parts. That's a lot of parts, right? So you have. Yeah. You have uh, these acrylic stands that the lions go on, and then there, there's a base that the acrylic stands go on, and there's two different configurations for those acrylic stands for the base, one mm -hmm. in lion form and one in Voltron form. And of course, you've got the five lions, and each of these lions has a miniature pilot inside, but then you also get down here, you see there's five standing pilots as well. My goodness, and then that's, you, that's you, really amazing. You get the stickers that go on the lions. You mm -hmm. get the the um, blazing sword and the spinning laser blade mm -hmm. and the saber. Nice. So then, and it looks like you have lion weapons as well, right? Yeah. So each each of the lions has their mouth weapons, mm -hmm. okay, and then they each have weapons that either go on the shoulders or the sides of the arms. Nice. Each of them gets their own batteries. Uh, the Blue Lion and the Yellow Lion get typical watch size batteries. What like, and what do the batteries do for those who don't know? Oh, they they light up the eyes. Okay, so each of the lions has light up eyes, and right. Voltron additionally has light up eyes on its face. The Voltron right? head, yes, yeah, right. and and then like I said, the the blue and the yellow lion have the set of three watch batteries pulled together, and okay. then. The the red and the green lines, because they're smaller, they get this different type of battery that has a special tool that puts it in. And and then uh the the black lion head is is slightly different, but it's more like the uh the blue and the yellow lion batteries. Okay. So the uh the the head of Voltron also has two faces. Okay. So I wanted to show you the two faces. Can you okay, see that? So, 
So again, for our listeners, there is the normal tough Voltron closed mouth face. Yes. And the yelling slash screaming uh, open mouth face. And right. of course, Voltron from uh, Defender of the Universe and Go Lion never really yell or scream, but yes. there are shots where you see the robot with the open mouth. And, um, and, and how do you have yours displayed, Mark? So right now, I have it in the Voltron form. Ah, okay. Very nice. Okay. And I, I have it standing on the base. Yeah. You can see it goes like this. Yeah. So so um again, speaking for the benefit of our of our audio only uh uh audience, um Voltron the, the stand looks like Voltron's chest logo uh with the shoulder panels that's on each side. Uh, but it's all black. It's it's large, very very well sculpted and detailed. Yeah. And um, you can use the base in a variety of ways that I'm sure Mark will, will mention here. But it's a really nice base. It it is slightly reminiscent of the base that the Toynami 30th anniversary version came with, uh, in the sense that it's all black. Wow. So there's a there, so it looks like the chest insignia comes off, and inside are all the lion weapons and oh. and some of Voltron's weapons as well. And the faces are also supposed to go in there. And Very the cool nice. thing is, each of these corners of the base, where the where the plate goes on top, yeah. it's it's uh -huh. it's magnetic. Nice. It's magnetic, so this this stick sticks right on, and okay. stays. That's nice. So okay. I didn't, I couldn't tell in your when you held up the the robot, which face are you using right now? So I'm using the open mouth face. Okay, now that, number one, it looks really nice. Number two, uh, I know a lot of people who have been reviewing this online have been using closed mouth face, but I think this is very appropriate for Mark with his podcast role. Now he's got Voltron standing right by the microphone. So I think he's about to uh, not say something into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so how tall is this thing? Like 16 right. inches, something like that? Yes. So... If you want to talk about how tall it is just from head to foot, yeah, that's I mean that's how tall it is. But then okay. if you want to talk about how tall it gets with the the tip of the sword, <laughs> it's oh, really yeah, tall. the sword is enormous. Yeah, yeah. So height wise, yeah. So height wise, it looks similar to me. And I and again, I don't have one in hand. Boohoo. But um, it looks similar in height to the. Uh, Maybe the Playmates version? Ah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's roughly the same height as the Playmates Legendary Defender yes. robot, huh? Yes, you can okay. see. Which means, yeah, which means it's also similar in height to the Playmates Classic uh, Defender of the Universe version, right. as well as the Lego Voltron. So uh, you could have a really nice display of all of those. And, and if you had the Matchbox uh, Vehicle Team Voltron or Voltron 1, that would be a good companion for this, too. Yes. Yeah, looks nice. So... Um, you know, we've seen many reviews already online, and of yeah. course, this this is a review as well because, in in my opinion, this is one of the better Voltrons of all time. Oh, I'd hope so. It's got a happy yeah. price tag, right? I mean, we're right we're at a roughly seven hundred uh, U.S. dollars. Yes. Uh, but I mean, you can see where the money goes. It looks like a again. I've not seen it, and I've never seen it in person. Only online. But based on size, diecast uh, content, detail, all the features, all the accessories, it looks to be worth the price. Right. 
And I, I wanted to show you the, the displays that they had at San Diego Comic-Con for Blitzway. It was at the Bandai Namco uh, booth where they had okay. a bunch of different things around the booth. And on the one okay. side was all the Blitzway stuff. So here you go. Here's okay. how it looked in all of the lion's form. So you can see how each of them is sitting on an acrylic uh, stand that goes in the backside of the, the lion and then attaches to the base. Mm -hmm. And then on each of those acrylics is a strip of color that identifies the lion. Yeah, so... so so the only the only one who's not the same exact color is black because that has a white strip and that's associated with the streams that you would see when the lions go up and form Voltron. Yeah, that that alone is a really is is entirely unique to this release. So basically it looks like those acrylic uh 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 parts attached to the the black base. And it gives you the impression of those lions flying up, just like you saw on Go Lion or Defender of the Universe, as the lions are streaking up into the sky to combine. And you can see this is the one in the the Voltron form. Uh huh. Okay. And this shows the acrylic pieces are all standing up behind Voltron and showing their colors. And then at the bottom there, they have the uh, the the pilots. So they're they're. Yeah. They're very tiny compared to Voltron himself, but sure. if, you were, if you were to put those pilots on each on the top of each lion as they're sitting, uh -huh. it would be like uh -huh. the end of the show. Yeah, I mean that's really slick too. And 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 my impression from the the figure sizes is that they're still, if you want to be really you know strictly speaking, they're still larger than they probably would be if Voltron were real. Wait a minute, it's not real, uh, but. <laughs> But they but they're sizable enough that they look really good next to the robot. And this is what the whole the whole stand looked like. So it showed you both forms, which means they had to have two of these Blitzway Voltrons on display. Sure. Sure. So yeah, that's that really impressive. Cool. It reminds me of the uh New York Comic 2016 when uh uh Tomashii Nations had the uh the Solar Chagokan version on display except they had they had two uh under this in the same display case as i recall so um one one thing that's cool is they do uh a, a credits at the end of the manual okay so you can see the the actual creators of this blitzway voltron well that's nice you don't often see that with uh collectibles that's really interesting right and it, uh, it goes all the way down into the, the packaging, too, because the box is quite amazing as well. Huh. Everything that it's packed in to keep it all together mm -hmm. and how you take it apart and how you piece things together. I actually mm -hmm. took pictures of everything as I started putting it together into the, the, the five lions together on the acrylic mm -hmm. pieces. And... Yeah. It 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 shows it does take quite a while to put it all together, but it's worth yeah. it. It's fun. So well, good. And so what do you think? So one one of the other things, and this is the a first uh in any Voltron collectible, although there's another one on its heels that, that mimics this speech. Uh the limb lions, red, green, uh, and to a lesser extent blue and yellow, have panels that conceal the legs when they're in their Voltron component modes, right? Yes. 
Yeah, so red and green, both the front and the, the forward and rear legs are concealed. And on blue yep. and yellow, only the rear legs are concealed. Right. Uh, but they, that's very interesting. And they, and they actually fold out of the lion bodies on double hinges. Yes. Um, so that they are present on the lions when the legs are, are extended. They're just behind the legs, basically. Yes. That is really impressive. So I really like this. I mean, and just... It's yeah. it's so stable too. Now, here's the thing: when I was putting this together, uh -huh. I I could have black lion sitting in just yellow lion, and and it could stand on one foot. <laughs> Seriously, That's a first as well. That's amazing. It could stand on one foot, and then it could easily stand on the two feet with no arms, or have the two arms and one foot. I mean, possibilities are limitless. That's cool. That's more than can be said for the old uh, Maddie Collector 23-inch behemoth. which uh, and, and this thing yeah. is massively heavy, too. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed that I absolutely love about this is that the Black Lion's tail actually folds up and, and, and it can be, it is stowed completely below the waist rotation joint. So you can rotate Voltron at the waist without the tail getting in the way, which is something that, uh, that as much as I like the Soul of Chagokin, uh, that to me was a, a big uh, drawback, is that the tail obstructed the waist uh, swivel. That yeah. is really, really slick. Yeah. Huh. Nice. I like that. And, and, and just like all the little articulations are really cool, too, because... Mm -hmm you know the, the the feet and the ankles and everything moves however you want it to go that's nice wow well it seems like they uh they really outdid themselves and uh that's a nice piece yeah um i i will admire it from afar but i very much do admire it <laughs> so I, I i like i said the only problem i have is is with the batteries and that's it's it's just it takes some effort to get the batteries to work and then mm -hmm. to not work. You know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes you want them on, sometimes you don't. I'll probably be keeping it mostly without the batteries, without the lights on. Yeah, yeah. And, and our friend Michael French at Retro Blasting did a really thorough review of this as well on their channel. Yeah. Uh, strongly encourage our, our listeners and viewers to check that out if you're interested. Uh, he had very, very positive things to say about it as well, and did point out certain things that that uh, you know were were not you know uh, grand slams, such as the batteries and the difficulties uh, getting them in and out. Uh, but man, that thing looks great. Right, and I I, I tend to want to put them in the five lions setup because there's not many uh, versions of Voltron where you can have it in the five lions setup like that, where they're all going out, like they're about to ready to form Voltron. Oh yeah. And with the, the streaks of colors behind it. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. I, I remember as a child uh, having the matchbox uh, diecast lions and wishing that I could just have a V shaped acrylic state, like a, like a, almost like a boomerang with a handle below it so that I could attach the lions to it and carry them around in formation. If you're just one kid with the five lions, it's a little tough to make them all fly in formation. Uh, so your display stand lets you do that as a grown-up. That's nice, as a grown-up kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really nice. 
I, I well, I'm impressed. Uh, so, thanks for uh, for showing that off and and describing it here. So the nice thing is, is for the room that I have this in, uh -huh. now I have in one corner of the room the Blitzway Voltron, mm -hmm. and then in the other corner of the room I have the Sideshow Voltron statue. So, oh yeah, you got those fancy ones. Yeah. Nice. So the room is really of, nice now. That's nice. I have a lot of Voltron collectibles, but I do not have either of those. And uh, those are both very, very impressive. Uh, I remember seeing the Sideshow piece when I uh, last visited you. And uh, my goodness, that thing's beautiful. And, and that piece looks really nice, too. So kudos to you, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, congrats. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, I will say this uh, about every Voltron that's been released. There's one feature that I really, I genuinely wish at least one version would have. I wish they would make the spinning laser blade or, or the spin cutter as they, as they call it in go lion. I wish they would make it so the lions could hold it like a throwing disc, you know, like have one of the blade points on the, on the perimeter, one or two of them be removable, or maybe you could fold them underneath so that Voltron could hold it like the throwing disc, which he always does in the anime. Um, that looks, I love that. Is that two-sided? It looks nice on both sides, huh? Yeah. That's gorgeous. Many of the toys are only one-sided, so it's, it, they're very hollow in the back, but that is detailed on both sides. So that, nice. that, that blue part that you see right here? Yeah. That blue part is the one that goes in the lion's mouth. Right. So, so it's held like a shield, like most of the toys do, right. which is great. I mean, that's nice. I just wish there were an option, whether that is a second blade missing uh, a couple of points or have a couple of points be removable. It would be really nice to have Voltron able to hold that like a throwing disc. And that is no fault of this specific item. It's just not a feature that anyone's done right. before. Man, that's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. So again, to our listeners, I apologize. Just, just, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm drooling figuratively as I uh, admire the uh, the video footage of that. That's that's really slick. Yeah, nice. So uh, for anybody who hasn't had a chance to get one yet, try and get one if you can. Um, I definitely recommend it. Uh, mm -hmm. I know the price is steep, but uh, I, I think it's well worth it. I think over time, that's that's going to be a really good value. Yeah, and, and I do not have this on authority. I do not know for sure. All I can say is that in social media, I have read buzz that Blitzway and Carbotics does not generally do re-releases. Uh, so the Soul of Chagokin has now had three releases for the, right. the, the, uh, the Go Lion and two for Die Rugger. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen with this. Um, the, right. I, again, nothing official. I don't know. <laughs> I have no inside knowledge, but that's what I've heard rumblings of uh, among collectors on social media. So I, I, I can tell you this, the, uh, the booth where they had the Blitzway Voltron at the mm -hmm. Bandai Namco booth, uh, mm -hmm. they had brought only a certain amount to sell there mm -hmm. and they easily sold them out and they could have brought more, way more. And they still would have sold out. That's amazing. And and those solo Trigokins, the first couple releases of uh of the GX71 Go Lion sold extremely quickly as well when they were released. So yeah. Um it's a nice piece. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. So uh of course we have uh another Voltron coming up, you know. 
the the three zero Voltron. Yeah, and that's the one that I kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, yeah. On its heels, this thing looks like it'll be roughly the size of the Soul of Chagokin, uh, and it looks like it will have it will mimic the uh, the leg concealing feature that Blitzway seemingly pioneered. So uh, that's a that looks like a really nice piece too. Yep. So that's that's another one that people can look forward to. And of course, we don't know what's down the road for Voltron, but uh, we hope there's lots more merchandise to come. Yeah, I, I have seen, and I'm not going to get into specifics, but I have seen some images online uh, uh, that seem to tease some future uh, uh, super deformed uh, items. Right, for both uh, Die Rugger and, and uh, I, I won't Force. get what, what for both the vehicle force and the lion force. I've, I've right. Seen so I, I don't know anything officially about that, but yeah, they, they look like teasers that were uh, shown off at, at some kind of uh, a show or convention. So right. uh, it, it amazes me how much merchandise is coming out in such a short time. It, it yep. blows my mind. Yes. But uh, it's an exciting time to be a Voltron fan uh, and collector. So, Mark, thank you so much for showing off the no uh, Blitzway Carbotics 5 Pro <laughs> Voltron. That's a mouthful, and it looks like you, that robot is a tabletop full, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, quite heavy, like I said. And uh, I felt honored to be able to share this with you. Well, thank you. I, I'm honored to have uh, gotten this preview from you. I, 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 you do not... Uh, partake in the collectibles to the extent that some uh, Voltron collectors do. And so when you choose to take the plunge, you you definitely put your thought into it. And it looks like you uh, definitely made a wise uh, purchase decision. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So awesome. we're very happy with it. Um, and of course, you know, it's, it's always enjoyable to talk about new Voltron things. So. Oh gosh. Yes. I enjoy that too. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to uh, have the, uh, the sideshow Voltron and the Blitzway Voltron, you know, get together for some uh, tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So that's going to do it for this, uh, this podcast. Uh, we talked to both Shannon and Greg, and we talked about Volcon. We talked about San Diego Comic-Con and we talked about the Blitzway Voltron. And we're looking forward to getting back to doing some of those Voltron force reviews, uh, episode reviews. So we're we're looking forward to getting back to that as well, but right now we're in in full Voltcon preparation mode, right? That is absolutely right. <laughs> so hopefully, as soon as uh, Voltcon is over, we'll get back to those episode reviews, and yeah. we'll keep and on talking about Voltcon. Yeah, and interviews, of course, as opportunities arise, they're a little a uh, little scarce uh, <laughs> lately because uh, we're in between uh, Voltron productions, as right. we all know. Uh, but uh, those will be uh, those will uh, pop up as we have opportunities for those two. So, okay, all right. So as I always close, <laughs> that'll do it for us, and we'll see you all next time on Let's Voltron. Let's